Growing your business can be difficult and lonely, but there is an easier way. Welcome to the JVology Show, the podcast that will transform your business with a steady stream of perfectly qualified free leads and consistent passive income through collaboration. Now, here's your host and the founder of JVology, Jay Fissette. All right. Hello and welcome. We are back at Offers That Convert. Sometimes I think of this as the holy grail. Sometimes I think of this as, you know, a common, you know, seeing Bigfoot riding unicorns because Offers That Convert are at times, not always, but at times a little more mysterious and a little more difficult to find than some people would have you imagine. So today's topic, we have some brilliant guests and one of the smartest is my dear friend, Alexander. How are you, brother? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, I, my pleasure. So today on Offers That Convert, Alexander Ford, he is a really uh, fun and smart guy. Uh, he and, <laughs> this is the official, by the way, introduction. He and my wife tease each other all the time and have a hilarious bit of entertainment. They share the same birthdays. They share a bunch of same traits that they're both pretty lovable, unusual people. Now, on that note, <laughs> how that usually happens is that Alexander, for those of you who's, who've ever watched any of our live streams, if you've ever watched any of our JVology Lives, those uh, three and a half day events, it is Alexander's team that comes and quite literally moves into my house and brings three cameras. We set up four sets and we produce these incredibly beautiful, high quality video productions. And that is just one aspect of what Alexander does. But uh, before I rant on too long, Alexander, why don't you give folks kind of like the 5,000 foot view that's probably a little broader than video? Because while that's a powerful tool, you have a strategic mind that's pretty freaking awesome. So tell us a little bit about the, who you are, what you do, what you're up to in the world. Sure. Well, my name is Alexander and I have been working with um, business owners just about my whole life. My father was a, not technically the right word, a franchisee owner of a shopper's drug here in Calgary. He was mm -hmm. the associate pharmacist there. And so I was exposed to the world of business and the world of work. I was stocking shelves when I was six. I was Santa's <laughs> little helper every Christmas, really early in my life. And I realized that as an only middle child from Canada with authority issues, that the <laughs> path for me to do what I want to do in life was probably not to work for other people. Probably. And there's something like endearing about helping other business owners figure out the same thing. I use my authority issues as a joke, but it's a metaphor for like transcending challenges and growing and being the captain of my own ship and the master of my own fate sort of thing. So I started my business when I was 12 and it started with like web design. I was programming in HTML and PHP and it evolved from there. And it turned first into IT services. I ran an IT services business here in Calgary, which is still something that we do here at Measurable Genius. But the cool thing about being an IT guy is that I ended up at the table with the executive teams at the businesses that I worked with, understanding and bearing witness to the problems that they're trying to solve. And I realized that IT is something pretty simple. You plug things in the right way and you set up the software the right way and it works. And I said, I, no one ever who isn't an IT guy. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, what's interesting about that though, is in the land of IT, what we learn is that human beings have like a quantum connection to their technology. Like it acts as like a feedback loop for what you got going on. So if you're like rushing or you are shortcutting things or you've overcommitted yourself like your technology is going to show that to you why are you picking on me i'm sorry let's, <laughs> let's move on let's move on 
Long story short, I saw that the biggest problem that existed for the business owners that we were working with, and then subsequently every business owner is marketing. Marketing is yes. extremely challenging. But for me, what I've also realized is just like in IT, there's a list of things that if you plug them in the right way and you configure them properly, really go a long way towards a successful marketing machine. And one of those things is everything has to work together. And in the land of specialists, in the land of marketing where everyone has had to niche, in the land of small business where everyone has had to niche, the average business owner today has to hire a videographer, a copywriter, a web developer, a marketing automations expert, an analytics person, a Facebook person, a vi- like all these things. It's crazy. And it I was utterly like, crazy. you know, when I'm fixing a printer and they point at the internet guy and the internet guy points at the IT guy and the IT guy points back at the printer guy, the person that gets screwed is the business owner. And I was like, the solution to this problem is I have to hire everybody. Mm-hmm. So instead of specializing, I generalized and I built a team here in Calgary, which includes videography, copywriting, Facebook ads, Google ads, and YouTube ads management, web and marketing infrastructure, front-end design, graphics design, and We've been working with now 25 clients over the last four years in that model to build marketing machines that work. And I have found that that has really been the key is that business owners don't even know if their offer works or doesn't work because they've never gotten, they've never gotten everything hooked up in the right way to even test it properly to begin with. And so that's, that's what we're working on now. I love that. And you know, it just reminds me of, I, I, I was doing a, a call with one of our JV, brand new JV mastery members and her declaration at the beginning of the call was my conversions suck. So my offer is not converting. And it's like, whoa, how do you know that? Well, I've done my webinar four times and I haven't sold anything. Okay. Well, that's an indicator, but it doesn't tell us much yet. Like, okay, I need you to go and see how many people saw the page. I need to know how many people opted in. I need to know how many people registered. I need to know how many people showed up. I need to know how many people actually saw the offer. And then we'll have that discussion. Mm -hmm. So four webinars, guess how many people saw the offer? None. (laughs) Your optimism is powerful. (laughs) (laughs) I'm literally building a funnel right now on like webinar funnels. And like the context for the webinar section of the slide and why you need to test it like five to 20 times live is it's probably not going to work. Yes. Like that's right. the context. Yeah. Yeah. So and, let me, and, let me reframe 10. You're about right. It's about 17 and we can't be sure of course the, that their the fact that their computer was connected is that they saw the offer. So mm-hmm. probably closer to 10 yeah. and it's like, that is a statistically irrelevant number and you have no idea if it works or not. Yeah. None. So anyway, I just really appreciate what you're saying there, which is that the truth of the matter is that most people don't know. And I'll even go so far as to say, and when it works, still don't really know. Oh, 100%. (laughs) People turn off off working ad sets all day long because the metrics they're looking at are the wrong metrics. Like this is a sea of data that most business owners don't have the infrastructure, the team, or even like the awareness or the education to know how to measure properly. Well, between you, me, and the thousands of people who are going to ultimately see this, one of our objectives is to get an ad set using the software that you've helped us get uh, to see the long-term effects of this summit. And it is going to be one of the pieces that will, I think, change how people go about the processes of summits. Because I think, again, they're still looking at this, you know, 10 days after the summit, what happened, which is a little bit on the silly side. Okay. So 
here's the thing that I want everybody to know at home, which is this. Alexander sees how the pieces fit, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I put him here in offers that convert. He could have frankly spoken on any one of these five topics in terms of JVs that work. But I put him here because I wanted to ask him a variety of questions, but I also wanted to hone in on this topic of high quality video and ways in which we must separate ourselves from the rest of the herd. And by the way, that herd is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So, you know, what I'd love to hear from your perspective, Alexander, is, is before we dive into the video stuff, what do you perceive are like the top three elements of an offer that actually freaking works? If we were just go meta and then we're going to go very specific. Okay. Super meta. I think the best offers often have nothing to do with your passion. Mm -hmm. So there's like a meme going on. I don't know how long it's been going on. This is, this maybe happened when personal development converged with business mm -hmm. that like you deserve to live your mission. You deserve to live your passion. Your passion is what you should make your money on. Quite frankly, I think the worst converting offers we've ever tried to run have been the offers that came from the passion of the business owner. And I don't mean to say this like as if it applies to everyone, but I think ultimately it's a really selfish perspective. And so what I could be saying here is that the best converting offers are derived from the market itself. We go to the people who we're connected to, the people who we want to serve, and we figure out what their problems are and we reverse engineer from there instead of reverse engineering from what's important to us and trying to convert it into something that people should buy or that we need them to buy to justify validate. like, yeah, validate, validate our existence, really. Like it's an existential concern, right? And so I think point number one is pick your audience, not your offer. Yeah. Who do you want to play with is more important than what do you want to sell them? because who you want to play with has a list of problems that you can solve. And you've got now the flexibility to pick a really valuable problem. And it's so much faster and more effective to work from that perspective than to mix in your existentialism into your business venture. <laughs> like, are we building a business to make some money or are we resolving an existential crisis? Well, because uh, there's trade-offs. I spent 25 years solving an existential crisis. And I started making some money when I started right. solving this yeah. entrepreneurial problems. Yeah. So I think that that's... I, I know mean, this is the one a little bit. It's so on the nose and it's something that nobody's talking about. Like, well, I am a master of existential crisis, let me tell you. <laughs> like, let me tell you. But it doesn't sell. Yeah. It doesn't sell. My existential crisis doesn't sell. And so, right, first step, like... <laughs> Do I, do, have I, do I know who I really want to work with? It's so much more important than what do I want to sell? Who do I want to work with? And what problems do they have that they'll pay me to fix? It's a straight line to money. Yeah. Straight so just line on, to money. on that note, because we've had this conversation in a variety of the other uh, speakers and interviewers and those sorts of things. So you know this, and I think most people on the line know this, is that the last two brands that we've pretty had significant wins with in terms of digital marketing, those sorts of things, is Mastermind to Millions which was something that I never, ever thought I would sell. Like it was just this internal training program. And then JVology itself, the, the whole process of joint ventures, because people wanted to know, well, how the hell did you sell all the mastermind stuff? Literally the last two brands that we have done, I don't know, $10 million with plus or minus were quote accidents. And what I mean by accidents is that the market came to us and said, help me with that. How did you do that? Could you teach me that? I'd pay you for that. Can I come to your house and have a glass of wine and, and tell me about that? Like, it was no strategy on my behalf. Like, none. I'd no. like to say it was like, oh, fuck, wasn't I smart? It was like, no, people kept asking. And then it was kind of like, well, if I like you, I'll tell you. And it's like, well, 
I don't have to like you. You can just pay. And it's like, well, we should probably make a business out of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the market is telling, the market is telling us what it needs. Mm-hmm. Like the market's telling us like a business owner who has an offer that isn't successful must be ignoring the market mm-hmm. straight up. And it's a harsh reality for a lot of business owners who are really connected to the thing they're trying to sell to hear. Yeah. I love that. It, okay. Like the market will tell you and they'll tell you with their credit card. Right. Mm-hmm. So point number two is that the best offer is an offer you can get a credit card for without trying all too hard. Yep. You shouldn't have to try to get a credit card. There shouldn't be convincing. There shouldn't be enrolling. It should be like evident on its merits alone. You should be able to show the thing you're selling to somebody and have them go, I want that. interesting. Can I buy that from you? Mm-hmm. And if you're not getting that response, I'm informing you, your paid traffic will be really difficult. Yeah. Like if it's not immediately evident, you're starting paid traffic, you're starting paid marketing at a handicap because you're going to have to like answer a whole bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. So let's do a little brief detour. This is going to take a little bit longer than I thought, but I think this is an important piece. So one of the assumptions, and I want to like bake this in so we're on the same page here. So one of the assumptions, the entire, you know, connect, collaborate and create summit is that we can, for the most part, just do joint ventures without ever having to do paid traffic because in this circumstance, then we get our leads for free. We don't Mm -hmm. have to pay anything till we convert them. And there should be this recurring passive income stream. All that all makes good sense in a linear line. Um, The part that's important to note here though, is that while we are testing offers and all those pieces, we all should be paying and spending some money on ads and traffic as a part of this proof of the offer, like that we were joking about the webinar. It's like, well, maybe 10 people saw the offer, but that's not enough to have making any sort of intelligent conversation. So if Alexander is saying to you that it is a handicap for paid traffic, please understand that also means it's a handicap for long-term partners. Oh, 100%. When we're at JVology Live and somebody's like, hey, here's what I do. And like, people are like looking at each other. Do you understand the hell? What? Like, am I missing something? Are you who's getting it? Like, if that response is happening in a room, it's happening in Facebook ads, <laughs> right? It's the, same, it's the same thing. Somebody's like, huh? Like, they just keep scrolling. It doesn't matter. Or they stop to watch the train crash and go, mm. that was odd. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, but they don't do anything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's number two. That whole piece about understanding the offer and not being at a disadvantage of paid traffic and your partners. What mm-hmm. do you think number three is? These are the three pillars three most, for a successful offer. Yeah. Mm. Or what? Or the exact flip side of that shit that they're doing wrong that keep it from being successful. Both are right. both qualify. Okay. So starting with the customer and not with what you're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. And then it needs to be obvious on its merits alone. I think for me, the next one is that you should be going to the market with what you might call a high ticket offer instead of like an ascension sequence. Yeah. So start at the he, top of the ladder. Start at the top and not at the bottom, because what most people have been conditioned to believe for some reason, and I don't really understand why, is that you need to sell a $7 product and then a $50 product and then a $500 product and then this and that. And it turns marketing into this giant thing. But the thing about business is cash flow is king. And everything you spend money on is going to take time for you to get your dollar back unless you don't get your dollar back at all. And it is easier to build profitable joint venture partnerships, as well as profitable advertising campaigns when you're selling a product for $1,000 or $2,000 instead of selling a product for $50. Because when you're selling for $2,000 and I'm your joint venture partner and I get half of that, I have a real incentive to help you. 
Mm-hmm. If you're selling a $50 product, you're giving me half of that. I couldn't care less, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And so the same goes for ads. If we're selling a $2,000 product, that product is a price that I can spend now up to $2,000 on ads to get my customer, yep. which means I can spend up to $2,000 to test the offer, which means I've got a lot more room to maneuver and a lot more room to test with a lot less risk, even though the numbers are bigger. And so I think number three would be the offer should be at the top and not at the bottom. Well, not the top, top, but like enough to make the game like playable. Yes. Yes. And we get to set the rules of that game. So we might as well actually have something that we could possibly win at. That tripwire. I just want to talk about the tripwire for a brief moment because, because I think that there are sort of a couple of things that happen around the tripwire that I'd love your opinion on. So number one is that I think that the tripwire was invented back when people were opening emails and ads were inexpensive and those sorts of things that, that it had some logic to it. But today I just, it just, you know, with email open rates under 10%, that becomes untenable. Like when I started in this game, I was a little bit grumpy if we had an under 35 or 38% open rate. Yeah. You know, so suddenly we're at eight. It's like that, the math can't work. So that's, I think that's one of the things. I think the other part to this is the, the spot where a tripwire has some potential is for low-end, inexpensive, is the market even remotely interested in us in this topic and do they give a shit? It will give you a, they give a shit and then you're going to figure out something that actually has some income to it that can make some money. But honest to God, that whole process from day one, I just thought was completely and utterly goofy. So I'll tell you, and I think you're right in, in terms of your number three is to me about a business strategy I'll tell you what my number three is. And in terms of the order is that I would say that the third part of offers that don't convert is people trying to do all of the shit themselves. So yeah, hundred percent. That works too. Yeah. Click funnels. You're one funnel away. Infusionsoft. You too can learn Infusionsoft. I'm not even going to start. (laughs) Like that whole piece of trying to put all of the elements together and then it's like, oh, and by the way, I'm selling this. It's like, it's cart before the horse, right? It's cart before the horse. Like when we provide coaching to our clients who don't have a proven offer yet, I, I run a marketing company that builds the most sophisticated marketing infrastructure you can buy. We're building polished landing pages with professionally written copy and video edits that take 16 or 20 hours. We're doing like creme de la creme level work, which is the absolute last thing you should be doing if you haven't got a credit card for your offer. This goes back to like my point number two, which is it should sell on its merits alone, which means without measurable genius. You should be able to sell it by talking to someone in Messenger and getting PayPal money. Mm -hmm. You should be able to get enough PayPal money to pay measurable genius before you ever consider building it yourself or hiring a measurable genius. There's nothing to build until you get PayPal money. Mm -hmm. Like you, I mean, the most effective joint venture partnership arrangement as far as I'm concerned for someone who doesn't have a proven offer is I will write their fucking names down on a (laughs) notepad and I will, I will like do Excel calculations and I will send you PayPal money from the PayPal money I collected because like the whole, I'm going to go build the machinery of a business is a distraction from confronting the truth of whether my offer works. Yes. It's, it's not the right order of operations to do things in. And like, I want, I want the money. I want you to hire me to make awesome yeah. stuff, but I don't want to end up taking 20 or $30,000 from you because I've been tricked into the, oh, like your offer doesn't work. Wow. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad we've done this. So our mutual friend, Brian, I think we were out at one of the JDLG summits. I think we were in Kananaskis. And so we were debriefing after and he goes, 
you know, one of the most valuable things of that whole weekend is like, I really enjoyed it. And lots of opportunity and possibility goes, but you know, the thing that probably the most valuable that pissed me off the most, Mm -hmm. what's that? And it's like, tried to hire Alexander. And he told me that he wouldn't ever, ever, ever take five cents from me. If that money came from my real estate business, not from my online business. He said, I don't have a business in online and I can't take your real estate money for that. He goes, that just pissed me off. And he goes, but it's absolutely true. Yes, it is absolutely true. If you can't do it in that manner, you shouldn't be building the system. Okay. That's so really let- sweet. That's really <laughs> sweet, actually. But I mean, that's the right advice. It is. It's like, I don't want unsustainable money. Yeah. I don't want unsustainable money. Yeah. I want to be able to work with you for five years. The only way that's happening is if you know how to make money. Yeah. Right. Can Before we go on to where you were about yeah. to go, can we go back to the tripwire for just two seconds? Of course. So this turnaround on selling a high ticket offer to the, on the front end of your funnel, instead of a low ticket offer, I've built like a picture around. Can I share this picture? Please, please, please. I'm going to have to get you. There you go. Go to town. Okay. Thanks. I'm just going to maximize this Chrome window. So you don't have to see all my bookmarks and stuff. And then I'm going to share my screen. This is the sustainable scaling system we're designing and it's extremely complicated. But what I want to just point out here is that if we go from joint ventures to cold traffic, to a landing page, to a webinar or a training where you either sell through a discovery call or a sales page with a high ticket offer, that funnel will be ROI positive. And just to be clear, you've got 2000 bucks at in the middle. So you, what, tell us what your definition of high ticket is. So to me, $2,000 is the line above and below which we can go to discovery call or sales page. Got we it. can sell up to $2,000 from a sales page sustainably. Okay. And if we go above 2000, we need to sell through a, a call. Okay. So, but in either case, those funnels, if your offer is valid, slide number one in my presentation is marketing is won and lost at the offer. Mm -hmm. If the offer is something people want, this structure will be ROI positive. On Facebook, it'll be ROI positive one or two X all the way up to 10 X. On YouTube ads, it should be like four, five X or higher. And the point is now you've paid for your leads, you've got money in the bank and you're selling your offer. And 95 to 99% of the people who come through this system haven't bought yet. Mm -hmm. Those 95 to 99% of people whom you've already got from the cold traffic market on an ROI positive funnel, which is growing your audiences, are who now need a tripwire. The only difference is it's not something you put ahead of your high ticket offer. They're now Mm -hmm. tripping over it at the party you've started, right? Instead of being the first thing that you try to get them to do. And so like we're helping our clients to build a litany of of offers, Mm -hmm. $47, $97, $197, $497 in a retargeting infrastructure after a cold traffic funnel or a joint venture partner funnel has returned on its investment on the front end. So this is now bonus money. It's ROI boosting. It's not, can I get this funnel profitable, which is a completely different quality of conversation. Well put. And you know, the honest to God truth is, we could talk a lot about this, by the way. The honest to God truth is there, if you have somebody building a system like that, it's like cleanup money. Yeah. And the part that I, I think people miss is that there is money all over and around you that you just got to figure out a system to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And this is a good example. So, you know, when I look at that thing and I look back to our Mastermind to Million stuff, and most people know the story. So we did $2.6 million in 14 months, blah, 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 blah. But the honest to God truth is because we had such an epic win at the high level when we rolled out our premium program for, I think it was $24,000 out of the gate. 
I thought we were going to sell eight to 12 of them. We sold 36 our first time out and we got buried. And the truth is we were sort of challenged by our own success and all of those other little low end offers, right? We didn't make and couldn't make because we were so overwhelmed with the delivery at the high end. Now, yeah. the truth is we had an instant seven figure business, but there was, oh, there's probably another million dollars. You know, I was going to say two, actually, if we won them earlier with a lower ticket item, like there's, it's a very, very powerful and sound strategy. And particularly yeah. if you can do most of those low end things in a digital manner and you've got scale, which mm -hmm. is what we didn't have at the high end. Yeah. And what's interesting about this when we talk about ROI is it allows us to like elongate our perception on when ROI should happen. So if within 30 days of running traffic, I'm ROI positive two or three X on my funnel directly into my high-end coat, my high-end program or, or whatever it is that we're selling. If we spend another 90 days retargeting with lower ticket offers and we attribute all of those dollars back to the funnel, all of a sudden the first 30 days, two or three X ROI in the last six months following that, those ads are now producing 5X, 6X, 8X ROI. And now all of a sudden we've got this perspective that says, I have infrastructure in place to make sure my ads make me the most money possible. Instead of having a conversation around, do Facebook ads work and which ad systems are better? The answer is you should be running ads everywhere. You should have joint venture opportunities everywhere. You should be getting customers everywhere. That's not the limiting factor. The front end is not the limiting factor. The long-term infrastructure around like you called it cleanup offers, mm -hmm. I'll call it like retargeting and like sustainable scaling yep. is great. They didn't buy your $2,000 offer out of the gate. Will they buy a $200 offer three or four weeks later? Mm -hmm. Will they buy a $500 upsell from there? Will they then inevitably end up in your $2,000 offer that they said no to the first time and you were kind of butthurt about, right? Like let's be persistent about it. And all of a sudden now we're talking about how big can our money tree get instead of will my offer be successful with Facebook ads or do Facebook ads work for my business or do joint venture partnerships work for my business? It's like, of course they do. The question is, are you working for your business? Yeah, very well put. And what, what I think is really important about that is there's a lot of things to say about it, but I've been an entrepreneur now, let's call it 32 years plus or minus. We just rolled out a new offer, Corey and I, for a couple's weekend that we're calling the power between, sort of the evolution. We used to do couple's weekends for probably 10, for a decade before kids. And what's fascinating about this, going back to your thing about term and all the rest of it, is that literally we made a post last night or maybe the night before, keeping track, but we have clients who did our couple's weekends 20 years ago who have already paid just from a Facebook post. And the thing that I think is interesting, we were both going, it's like, oh, so good to see them again. Oh, so good to see them again. Like, like this has been the conversation. But it, it speaks to me of this idea that our society in almost every aspect is focused far too much on the quick win as opposed to the long-term view. And it's like, that is where this thing is won or lost. And if there's something that I want all of you to take from the conversation that Alexander and I have had so far is this, is that... You've got to lengthen your, your focal range in terms of what you're looking at. And by the way, that, of course, backed up with the steps, the actions, the systems, the support, as Alexander's talked about, all of those things to actually do that intelligently. Because I also know people say, well, I'm not doing anything today, but I'm pretty sure it's going to work out for me in about four years. <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs> I think that's incredibly powerful. It's just some freaking patience 
in yeah. the process. Well, and data. I mean, the thing is I can say these things because we, when we work with our clients, we deploy infrastructure to give us this information, mm-hmm. right? So I'm saying it and, I, and you can't just like hear these numbers and be like, oh, Alexander's making claims. Like he says, I can have a two or three or four X ROI funnel. It's like, okay, well you can probably in principle, if you have an offer that people want, if there's a demand in the market, if the audience is big enough, if you know how to fulfill on it, you don't do a bunch of refunds and chargebacks. If you build out additional offers on the back end that add a bunch of money to your ROI on that ad spend, like, yes, you can. And there's a whole process. And then underneath all that is tracking infrastructure, first party data that we can trust, that we understand and we're attributing properly. And we're thinking through logically about how to look at all of that. Mm-hmm. Like this is a simple conversation with complex implementation. Yes. Right. And so I just want to be clear, like, this is something that with some of our clients can take from start to finish. And when I say finish, I mean working because mm-hmm. once we've hit finished, it's like there's this game called World of Warcraft where like the first 120 levels is like the game. And then you get to like max level and all of a sudden there's this thing called end game where you actually get to do all the fun shit. Most business owners think the game is what we're winning. And I'm here to tell you that going from zero to level 100 is not the game. That's what you need to do to get to play the real game, which are the fancy raids and the dungeons and the shit you do with your friends to try to like become the best in the world and defeat things in the fastest time. Like end game is where the game is won Mm -hmm. and end game doesn't stop. End game is where you're producing four $500 offers a year to serve this audience that you're building. It's where you go speak on stages and you don't have to do that to make your money. You're doing it because you want to go on a holiday. And it would be great to have an extra two or $300,000. Like end game is the game that I want to play. And we need to do a whole bunch of stuff to get ready for that. But yeah. that stuff could take one to three years if yeah. you're like on it. My, my experience, depending on somebody's entrepreneurial acumen, it's generally like if you're starting fresh in, in my experience, it's closer to three years than it is one. Oh, it's closer to 10 or never for most people who don't have the support of someone like you or someone like us. Yeah. Because I work with people who've been doing business for 10 years and I sit down with them and it's as if they haven't begun because they don't have a checklist. They don't have a process. They don't have the awareness of all the things that have to work together. They don't have marketing infrastructure mindset. They don't understand that like their copy is horrible. Like they don't, their video, like there's just all this stuff missing, but they're like, but I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. And I'm like, I hear you. You've been, you've been hustling for 10 years. But that doesn't mean you've gone to a school that has taught you what to do properly. That's the truth. Okay. This has been a great conversation and I've really enjoyed it. But we were going to talk about high quality video and its relationship to offers that convert. And we got some time left because this this has been awesome. So you and I both believe (laughs) pretty significantly that spend a little bit of money on video. It will help. And that sounds like a bit of of a paradox when quite literally, you know, the phone in my hand and the cameras in it are significantly better than the cameras that I was producing television with 15 years ago that cost tens of thousands of dollars. So tell me why on earth people shouldn't just turn on their goddamn phone and do it themselves. Okay, first of all, I think it could be a little bit and it could be a lot of it. I think you and I probably fall into the category of a lot of it. And I think that comes from like, I don't know, I don't feel cool. I think I am realizing more and more. I, I understand cool. I don't whether or not I think I'm cool is a different story, but I understand cool. Okay. I, You're going to have to explain it to me because I have, that ain't me. <laughs> well, so like, 
I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race with Jen yesterday okay. on Netflix. And more and more, I'm having an eye for like what's going on that makes this television show watchable. Yeah. Right. Because if I was filming that show on an iPhone in my basement, it would be weird. <laughs> okay. It would be <laughs> for very a strange. Reasons. <laughs> Just very strange. Alexander's got these. <laughs> like these drag artists were doing runway performances and these strange challenges. Like you would not want to watch it. I'm just telling you, there'd be a very, very, very small demographic of people who would want to watch that. I'm sorry. My head has just gone in totally inappropriate directions, but please continue with your point. (laughs) The thing, the thing that makes RuPaul's drag race, a show that people love to watch is that, They've built a runway and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. The set is beautiful. There's lights everywhere. They have a jib crane, okay, with the camera. And ultimately, I think the language we could probably be using here is production value, Mm -hmm. right? So one way to think about production value is adding a higher quality camera. Mm -hmm. But production value, again, like anything worth building is a combination of ingredients. It's the camera that you're using. It's the lighting that is on your face. Like I'm on Facebook and I'm watching someone with, they don't understand lighting Mm -hmm. and they're washed out. I can't watch that video and I can't watch it because I'm conscious of it, but there's lots of people who in their psychology, they're scrolling it and they don't know why they're scrolling it, but it's because they can't watch it either. Mm -hmm. There's the actual set design that you're looking at. Like, I walk into this room to do this call with you and I'm well aware that I'm sitting at my working space with my webcam. This isn't because I don't have a permanently built studio in my basement for me to use it. We have to set it up, take it down, set it up, take it down, which is why we're investing, you know, $100,000 into acquiring a space. We're going to build out a studio that is permanent, that's Mm -hmm. fixtured, and that to some degree is closer to RuPaul's Drag Race than Alexander's Basement. Yeah. Right? Because if I really wanted to be the standout speaker on this summit, I'd be standing on my stage in front of my LED video wall, and you would automatically make certain assumptions about that. It's not good or bad. It's no different than when you see someone wearing nice clothes versus shitty clothes from the gap. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between seeing someone in a nice car versus a rust bucket. It's the difference between seeing somebody with great shoes versus like sneakers they've worn for five years. It's the difference between seeing someone who's brushed their teeth versus someone who hasn't brushed their teeth. Whether we want to acknowledge or not, we're a hierarchy-based society. We automatically, in our mind, stratify people. And there's ways that we do that that are subconscious and automatic. And when everyone in the ocean online is filming content on their shaky webcam or their shaky cell phone with poor quality mic in wind, or they're in their basement with poor lighting, all of that means they haven't put effort into the production value of that performance. And so there's a reason why entrepreneurs who say and they think they need to be producing content, produce their content, and then they go home and they watch Netflix. They're not watching other people's business content. Mm -hmm. There's no Netflix for business that's been built yet that's been successful. And there will never be a Netflix for business that anybody actually wants to watch, wants to watch being the key, because right now you have to watch it because it's the thing that business owners do, because you want to be watched. But when your behaviors are automatic, you go home and you turn on Disney+. Plus. Why do they put a billion dollars into the Avengers? Why not just film the Avengers on an iPhone? 
why do they invest so heavily in Hollywood? Like, I don't have the scientific answers for this, mm -hmm. but I have the behavioral answer for this, which is people want to watch highly produced content. Yeah. They don't want to watch lazy content. And I can help you not be lazy in a whole bunch of different ways, but it can be summarized with Jay's live streams have an extremely high engagement and retention because we're entertaining people. We're entertaining them. We're turning on the jazz hands. We're going from set to set to set. We've got a walking camera. We've got good lighting. We've got variety. We've got interstitials. We've got B-roll. We've got additional clips and videos. We're turning it into a show, yeah. which is, which is a, a differentiator. People want to watch the show. They don't want to watch the commercial. And so this is like human psychology. I'm hoping it's just obvious. You go home and you watch shows. You don't go home to watch commercials. I pay for YouTube premium to not watch commercials. And so how do you build a show, not a commercial? Because every business owner I've ever met is making commercials. Yeah. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because we started you know, doing shows like 15 years ago. Like we had our own half hour series called It's Your Life, Live It that, that we sold all over Canada and a couple of European things. We never broke into the US market, by the way, because our production values weren't high enough. But it was every penny we had that went into producing those 13 episodes. But I do, I do believe that there is a core driving difference. And this is, you know, my, as clear as I can say this, is that if you're, if you really want to separate yourself, and by the way, this is always a moving target. But if you really want to separate yourself in terms of offers that stand out, offers that look stunning, offers that people remember and actually stick around to watch the damn thing, I would strongly recommend that you reach out to Alexander and his team. They have done stunning work for us. And if you look through any of our pages, any of the, you know, the global lounge page in terms of that video, the lounge host page, the vision video for JVology, which has been, you know, we've posted that all over the place in terms of this piece. That was all work that Alexander and his team did, and, and it is phenomenal. So my call to this for each and every one of you is this. You are competing for people's attention, and you are competing in incredibly, I think you said the sea of Facebook. That's actually a really good way of putting it. You're competing in this entire sea of mainly marginal shit. And Hollywood. Well, and <laughs> yes, and Hollywood. You're competing against Netflix, actually. Yes. You're competing against Disney Plus and the sea of Netflix. Yes. The sea of, of Facebook. Or Facebook. Yeah, users. So there's a bunch of marginal shit. There's billions of dollars being spent over here. And how do you just get noticed in a way that people will sit? engage, participate, and be there when you make your invitation that we trust all the other elements that we've talked about here in terms of offers that convert are there. But for the love of all things good in the world, spend a little bit of money. And let's be clear about this. I'm not saying that every time you turn the camera on that you need a four camera lit $2 million house. That's no. not what I'm saying. No. I, obviously, I don't believe that because that's not how we're doing this summit, to be frank. But there are times where you must and the part I want you to take from this is that you've got to discern what that is. It's like, this is the spot where you get your checkbook out and you write a check for 15,000 bucks. You bring the crew in and they do a stunning freaking job. Yeah. Because or you, you, or you parachute into the studio that we're building. Yes. Right? And, and for a hell of a lot less. Yeah. And what I'm imagining, Jay, is that next time you're doing a summit is you can be standing in front of an LED video wall 10 minutes from your house because yeah. I don't have to bring a crew and like transform your entire house. Yes. Right. Like 
The, well, the how, thing is, how do we get Lou in there though? Lou is part of the Lou's the best entertainment of the whole damn show. Right? You're just gonna have to haul Lou to your studio. Yeah, bring him. <laughs> bring him. Like that's the point, right? Like when when we talk to people who are doing video, I tell them at the very least, like buy a DSLR, mm-hmm. and then the key is you have to have it always be set up. Mm-hmm. If you have to go from genius idea to setting up an environment, by the time you're done setting up the environment, your genius idea is done. You have yep. no motivation to do it. So like I would go as far as to say that an investment worth doing as a business owner is to realize this is not going away and to invest at least in a studio in your own environment. Yep. Jay's done that in, in his home office. You can do that a number of different ways, but you need to be able to sit down and perform. Mm-hmm. Like that. My next evolution on that, by the way, is to be able to stand up and perform so that we can cover both, you know, this, the conversation and being at an easel. Because the truth of the matter is that my brain works better when my legs are moving and yeah. there's a pen in my hand. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. All right. So I know that there's a whole variety of things that people could talk with you about. That could include this entire idea of this whole offer system that we're talking about traffic and all those pieces, video in terms of video production, all of those pieces. How do people get a hold of you? And by the way, this is, I want to teach something as we go through this process as well. So you talked about the ability to book a call with you. How would they go about that, brother? Sure. So you can go to my website, measurablegenius.com. There's a button, book a discovery call. And there's an application to complete, which is going to largely justify your affordability. Mm -hmm. It's also going to give me some insight into where you're at in your business. And if it qualifies you, which will happen automatically, it'll, it'll let you get into my calendar. I will talk to literally anybody. So even if my discovery call application rejects you, if you're feeling like you really want to be talking to me, just hit reply to that email and I'll send you directly to my scheduler anyway. But the point is that I built the system to follow a process so that like at scale, when random people in the world are getting into my life, which is really under fairly significant demand for my attention, I'm talking to people that I want to talk to, but like for your audience and really for anyone who puts in a bit of effort, I'm willing to talk to you. I'll give you everything that I've got on our call together. It is absolutely so that I can sell you something if it's the right thing for us to be doing, but if I can help you, I will. And then we can go from there. So So here's a call. So, and by the way, for the love of all things good, if this has resonated with you, you know what you want, talk to him. But the part that I want you to be really clear about this is the other part of offers that convert that are so important is talking to the right people. So that qualification process that Alexander, number one, has, and number two, is also willing to adjust to connect with people who are a part of the summit here, which is, I appreciate, but talking to the right people. It is the same reason why high quality video is the same reason why the premium offered is the same reason why the retargeting campaigns. It is all a process of getting in front of the right people at the right time. So Alexander, I really appreciate your input. As always, it's fun to talk to you. I always learn something. I'm always reminded of something. I always have a hell of a good laugh. Now I'm going to have to go and watch at least one episode of RuPaul. It's great. I didn't know. It's so entertaining. It's like, yeah, like, I don't know. They've really got a formula that, I mean, it's entertaining for me at least. I like it. Awesome. 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 All right, brother. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the summit. We will talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the JVology show with Jay Facet. Please rate, review, and share the show with your entrepreneurial friends. For free joint venture resources and more information, visit jvology.com.